Hi, and welcome to this um, quick peek into season two of our NBC Life. I'm Ann Woodward, one of the producers, and I am here with our creator and co-host and somebody I'm now really excited to call my friend, Lisa Ladico. And thanks to the podcast, I have found Lisa and many others. And we wanted to come and just give you guys a look into season two, which is about to launch, and talk a little bit about what's um, coming up. In season one, a lot of our most popular episodes were about real stories from people living with NBC, which is our real driver. And we're starting off season two with something really special. We've been out looking for people defying the odds. Some call them unicorns. We've had a great debate, right, Lisa, about what we call them. So where have we landed? So what are we doing with this incredible episode? Exactly. Because calling someone a survivor or a, a responder or a thriver, there's a number of different ways that we can call people who've been defying the odds, the life expectancy of a certain subtype of metastatic breast cancer. But we love the idea of looking for the unicorns in all of us, but also talking to the people who've been living with this disease much longer than they expected and beating the odds that their oncologists, their medical teams ever expected. Those are stories of hope, but more than that, those individuals have lived through a lot that can teach us something. They've had multiple progressions. They've come to the brink of really significant health events, and they've been able to come back from that. All of those stories are super hopeful, even when they're grounded in the reality that there is still not a cure for metastatic breast cancer. There is still so much that we need to do, but these individuals come to us with some great, inspiring, reality-based stories about their lives. And so we called the episode Searching for Unicorns, Exceptional Responders and Survivors. And we also talked to some experts who are actually studying this. And so I'm really excited about this episode. It's a balanced approach because again, there is no cure for our disease, but there's some really great inspiring lessons to be learned from the individuals who've been able to by luck, actually, and by treatments and so forth, live as long as they have. So that's what's coming up on our first episode. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. I haven't heard these interviews yet. And I can't wait to hear the stories about how people deal mentally and and emotionally with multiple progressions. As somebody who has not experienced a progression yet, it's something that I see in front of me, like the Big Mac truck coming yet again. What's the range of diagnosis on the episode. Who are we talking to? Or you don't have to give the name, but what's the longest sure. somebody has lived with it that we're talking to? Yeah. Well, the person that's lived the longest so far that we interviewed was 19 years going on almost wow. 20. And she's had an incredible trajectory and multiple progressions. So it's not like she's been almost 20 years just on one line of treatment. And that's what's making her an exceptional responder. Like we do talk about the difference in definitions and there are some, and that's a really important point is the different definitions of, are you responding to your first line of treatment or are you responding well to a drug or treatment versus a long-term case where you've just been on one treatment and you keep on going and you seem to be able to be on the same treatment, your first line of treatment, or maybe it's your second line of treatment for a very, very long time, five years or more. So there's different variations. And, and so, but the person who is lived the longest that we interview for this episode, almost 20 years, which is, which is quite remarkable. That is remarkable. I can't wait for that. And then 
in episode two, it, I'm going to remind people our tagline is we amplify voices and share realities. And we've been talking earlier in the year about episode two being about clinical trials from the patient perspective. And while we were talking one day on Zoom, like everybody, you were talking about an experience that you were having right there in the moment that day. And myself and another member of the pod just said, Lisa, I hope you're recording this because we have to use it. <laughs> right. So let's give our listeners a, a sense of you know, Lisa's about to share her reality from <laughs> what, six weeks ago of your search? Yes. Well, we all live with metastatic breast cancer on this podcast team. And so we have a member on our team that's been on a clinical trial for the last couple of years and has been doing well. I was on a clinical trial in 2019 uh, for seven months. It's not like it's new to us, but what is new and what was new for me was the challenge of actually finding a new trial that works for you, that's best for you, and then finding out that you have either one treatment too many and you somehow are excluded from the trial that might be the best for you. And so that um, whole conversation around it was more than a conversation. It was a, an intense research project, essentially, for me to find a trial that would actually work for me. And I found one. But that whole process is something that we are talking about in episode two and wait, and I know you're going to laugh. We're actually splitting up episode two into bonus episode. <laughs> exactly. I can't help myself. It's really hard. I know you tolerate it, but I am so sorry. It is so much information that's so important to share. And so we have episode two and episode three in March will be all about clinical trials. And we talked to some experts who are actually looking at the whole infrastructure around how science is conducted in this country. We're talking to a bioethicist. We're talking to an oncologist who deals with clinical trials from the patient doctor perspective, but also sits on his large cancer center board reviewing trials. So we talked to that person. And then we also have leading advocates within the metastatic breast cancer community talking about what they're doing to help people find the right trial for them. And so all of that information is just a wealth of information um, that we're sharing. But also, let's just talk about what it's really like and what it really feels like to be a patient looking at someone living with metastatic breast cancer trying to figure out what's the right next step with your oncology team. But I'm going to tell you, spoiler alert, it is sometimes incredibly difficult and frustrating. And we want to dispel some of those myths and try to make it easier for people. And we laugh about the bonus episode because <laughs> I know, we, we right? had so <laughs> many episodes in season one. And, and we haven't shared this yet with our community, but in season two, we're going to spread them out a little bit more, go every other week. But really what we continue to find is there's so much to talk about. And the sense of urgency for all of us around these topics is so real that we're just going to keep pumping content out as we can. And there's just no shortage of topics there's no shortage of people to talk to. There's no shortage of conversation. I'm excited now to know that I, we've got two more episodes or one I didn't <laughs> know about. That's so cool. <laughs> Let's turn to how we try and amplify voices on the pod. And, and we have this thing we call the Trailblazer Series, which we're all so proud of from mm -hmm. season one and recognizing people in local communities doing work for metastatic breast cancer and breast cancer and sometimes all cancers. But we look for a focus on metastatic breast cancer. Sure. And we've always had this talk, too, about what is a trailblazer? And maybe we need to continue to, to tell people what we're talking about. What, what is a trailblazer to you? What is it about this mm -hmm. series that, that we're highlighting? 
Right. We wanted to really look at what's happening at the local level for all of us who are living with NBC because everything's at the end of the day. It, it matters what's happening in your own neighborhood, in your own town, in your own community. And these are organizations and people that are working really hard to improve the lives of people living with metastatic breast cancer. And they often also work with early stage breast cancer folks. And that's really important too. And so we wanted to highlight what they do and all the great things that they do at the local level, because far too often those people aren't getting the big headlines. They're not getting national recognition for anything, but they are truly making our lives better. And so it is within our mission for sure, but also it's just in our hearts. This is where it all happens. And hopefully people will find it inspiring and maybe will learn about an organization that they didn't know is doing this kind of thing in their own community. And perhaps if they find that there's some great idea happening at the local level across the country, maybe it's something they can start in their own community. So we really love our trailblazers. We are inspired by them. They do really great work. And since we're going every other week with the podcasts, our trailblazer series is going to be a standalone episode the last Friday of every month, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Um, Drop a hint. What's coming in March? Who, who right. might we be hearing from? I'm going to just say that as I stare out of my window and it's very uh, snowy and wintry, I think all of us want to be going south. So I'll leave it there. And it's somewhere south. And it's still winter, so we can say we're going south for our first trailblazer. That, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish we could interview them in person. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, and we have to say happy birthday, happy anniversary. I'm not sure what the appropriate acknowledgement is, but Sierra Sisters is turning 25 this week. Isn't that incredible? Um, so congratulations oh. to Bridget, our November trailblazer, who, I mean, is doing amazing work. Yeah, um, Bridget Hempstead leading the Sierra Sisters out of Seattle. And really, what an incredible organization. So anyone wants to learn more about them, you just have to go back to our November trailblazer and learn about them. And also, of course, you can find them online, but they are just killing it. They're doing great, great work. You mentioned that we do this because we want to look at things at the local level, and we're doing a policy episode this season, too, probably going to be much more around federal policy because that's sort of mm -hmm. the thing that binds us all together, but local policy is also, local and state-level policy is really where the first impacts happen on many people and the federal is as things grow. So when we get to that episode, we'll have to figure out a way to, to do some local and state level information as well as the, the federal level policy that we're oh, going to be talking about. Absolutely. Our episode notes will have lots of detail about how to impact change at the local level and the state level, because that, that actually is where a lot of great work can be done that impacts individuals living with MBC. Health policy, macro health policy is, of course, at the federal level. And we'll look at that. And we're talking about that. And I'm looking forward to our interviews. They're going to be scheduled in early March. So it'll be great. So aside from everything we've talked about, because there's some great stuff coming up, what are you look most looking forward to this season? Like, I'm really excited. We have some new voices on the pod team. Yeah. So as somebody behind the scenes, I'm most excited about the support <laughs> and the help. <laughs> when you drop bonus episodes on me. Um, <laughs> You're <laughs> we, welcome. <laughs> we, we've got a slightly larger team. So that's really True. exciting to me to, to, yes. to learn and be inspired by these people joining us. But So what are you most looking forward to? Oh, gosh. I think 
first of all, we're going to have a great LGBTQ episode in June. Looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Really an important episode to highlight and amplify the issues of a community that often gets overlooked within the NBC community. I'm loving that. And then we're also going to have a lot of programming around mental health in May. We're going to be looking at different tools that people living with NBC that they tap into to help them in various different ways. And so that's going to be a terrific series of interviews. And then we're looking at the issues facing the Latinx community who are also dealing with NBC. And our co-host Natalia Green will be leading the charge on that one. And so that's going to be great. There's just so much content and material and people to talk to. But those three things are really exciting. And I know that we'll have more. I promise I'll provide another bonus episode. Don't you worry, Anne. (laughs) Don't you worry. (laughs) See, everyone, Lisa Lisa is the one. She's why we got 28 episodes last season. She's powerhouse. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Hey, before we end this little trailer sneak peek at season two, we have to give a shout out to our parent nonprofit who has given Mm. us nothing but support and nothing but encouragement, share cancer support. And it's been such a a great partnership. And yet it's more than a partnership because we are a part of their metastatic program. What do you want to say about them? Oh my gosh, we couldn't have a a more wonderful parent organization to be part of is clearly, that's like the bottom line. And I just have been overwhelmed with how much support and enthusiasm for the podcast they've given us. And so without them, we absolutely would not be where we are today. And it's just been so much fun. We've been having a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of work, but Cher is right there with us. And that support, I don't really have any words for it. It's just, we know they are the wind in our sails, essentially. We thank Cher so much. We um, do, we do. And we, we're going to do our plug here at the end of our sneak peek for the TalkMeds helpline. Yes. Um, because Cher really believes nobody should face cancer alone. And we have a helpline completely staffed by volunteers with metastatic breast cancer. And it's a fantastic resource. And shout out to our producer extraordinaire, Victoria Goldberg, who um, was so instrumental in getting that done and all the support groups that that are offered Mm -hmm. to the metastatic community. And there's just so much. So sharecancersupport.org for all of that great information. And you can subscribe to RNBC Life wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you do. And and come with us for season two. You can connect with us on social at RMBC Life. We're on all the platforms. We're figuring it out. Or email us at rmbclife at sharecancersupport.org and visit our website, rmbclife.org. Take us out, Lisa. We are so excited for season two. I can't wait to hear your ideas and please reach out to us because this podcast is for you. 